Hello, everyone. This is Pause for Parenting, brought to you by Paradise, Parent Education for Development in Barbados, and this radio station. I'm Cicely Clark Richmond, Director of Paradise. Paradise is a non governmental organization established with the primary goal of addressing the challenges faced by parents and families in Barbados. Assistance is provided through a wide range of programs, which include classes in parenting designed to educate parents in all aspects of child-rearing practices to help them to positively impact the lives of their children. Paradise promotes strong, cohesive family life, which includes working towards life goals, imparting values to promote positive family life, and practicing work-life balance to include entertainment, reading, play, and to bring balance to life. Paradise also provides private and confidential individual and family counseling. These sessions are designed to assist clients to identify the root problems affecting them. Our other flagship program is the Community Outreach Program. We will be happy to assist your organization, be it a school, place of employment, church, community or sports groups, to talk to parents and young adults about parenting. Call us at 427-0212 or email us at admin at paradise.net with your requests. We also offer a parenting class where you can learn how to keep your child involved in positive, wholesome activities. Classes are held on Wednesdays between 4.30 and 6.30 p.m. and Saturdays between 9.30 and 12.30. Today on Pause for Parenting, first of all, I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to all of our listeners, many of you who've stopped me and, and, and you've said to me that you don't miss the program. I really want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to, to listen and to support us. We really appreciate um, your your listenership. Today we're going to look at how parents can, on, on a practical level, face and handle what can be one of their worst nightmares dealing with a sick child. From no one can tell you what is wrong with your child to knowing what is wrong, but because of treatment, um, costs, time, it's bad enough in a pandemic. And it could almost drive you to become a patient, Dungan that institution in, in Black Rock. But here to help us, to help ourselves, is Dr. Renee Boyce. Dr. Boyce manages her general medical practice. She has a passion for public speaking. She's the host of the Better Health radio show. She plays four instruments. She's a mother of two, and she's also a board member of Paradise. Dr. Boyce, welcome. Good evening. Thank you so very much for having me. You are so very welcome. Now, as I said, we're going to be talking about how to deal, how can parents deal with a child. And we're not talking about just a call or, you know, but I mean a real serious um, illness that we know can be very <laughs> tugging at your heartstrings and, and making you pulling your, your, your hair out. Um, but before we get into that, let's talk generally in terms of how are our parents, parents that you come in contact with, 
generally? How are, how are they coping with all that is going on from, you know, pandemic to vaccinations to to to, to online schooling? I mean, ones that come to you and, and they said, Doc, you know what I mean? I need help. There are many parents who at this point in time are stressed out. Stressed out would be the term I would use. Mm-hmm. You listed a number of things which could cause some person to be emotionally drained. Yes. The past three years, 2019 to 2022, the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that came with it, lockdowns, the uncertainties, job loss, homeschool. If there were parents out there who thought teachers did nothing, (laughs) I am sure that there are many more now who understand what teachers and and appreciate what Mm -hmm. teachers go through. Homeschooling was a challenge because your your life was set. Your children go to school, you go to work. But now you have the added burden of responsibility. Where, where are my children going to go? I must still work, mm-hmm. but my children are home. And most parents are not going to leave their children unsupervised at home. Sometimes, unfortunately, they, they, they can't yes, do yes, any better. Yes. But a parent who has to do that will not be settled at work mm-hmm. because he or she is constantly thinking, is somebody going to break in? Am I going to hear that my house is on fire or, or something like that? Has, has a child gone outside and swung from a limb on a tree and now they're on the ground with some broken bones. So it has been very unsettling for parents, for people in general, but those who have responsibility for children, parents and guardians, it's been a rough three years. Definitely. Now, I read your mission statement and it says to provide a tailored treatment plan for all patients, viewing the patient as a multifaceted individual with varying needs, grounded on evidence-based medicine with a view to reduce the burden of disease and enhance the quality of life for the patient. Now, your, your mission statement to me just lines up with what we're talking about when it comes, especially with with parents dealing with, with a sick child, in terms of providing the help, not, you know, from a medical perspective, yes, but, but dealing with the whole man in a sense. Yeah. Patients aren't a diabetic foot or they're not cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. It's an entire human, human being, being yes. with emotional and physical, financial, social problems. Mm-hmm. And very often the mistake is made in trying to correct a physical problem but ignoring all the other attending issues. Yes. And you will Mind, find and that <laughs> you will never, ever succeed in making that patient better unless you address those other issues. Mm-hmm. And very often in my office and several others of my colleagues, you, you get this sense that this issue is not primarily physical. physical. Mm-hmm. And you put your pen down and you recognize that there is something emotional bothering this patient or there's a fear, maybe a fear of needles, for example, in a, in a patient who has diabetes. And if you didn't address that fear, you're never going to get those sugars corrected. So it's about the holistic view mm-hmm. and it's about being patient-centered as well. The patient is the primary focus of care. I, I, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because very often the relationship or, or yeah, relationship. I could use that word. Breaks down for 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 the same thing that you just mentioned. That you're just looking at the the 
the illness, the, the what, and the manifestation physically, and not not the the, the person. Now we're talking now about a sick child, um, as I said before, not just a, a cold or, or whatever, but somebody a child that has, you know, a serious illness that is going to affect the entire family and uh, that 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 child as well. And what are some of the things that that you've you've noticed, you've encountered when it comes to parents and dealing with, you know, first of all, facing the fact that something is wrong, understanding what is going on, and then trying to work towards, you know, treatment, healing, etc. I think if we put ourselves in the position of a parent who has a child with a chronic illness, the way we view that parent and that child becomes different. When you're in the outside and you're looking in, you, you really don't understand what that dynamic is sure. but trying to put yourself in that person's shoes makes it a, a little easier to understand I would say and I think that there are several categories of parent there are parents who are in denial because you you've carried the mother has carried this child for nine months or sometimes even before the nine months Everybody has their hopes and dreams of what their child will become, who they will become. Nobody ever wants to hear your child has sickle cell disease, your child has type 1 diabetes, your mm -hmm. child has hemophilia. And these are the ramifications or these are the problems that will happen as a result. I, I don't think that there's a parent who has heard that who didn't feel as though perhaps somebody took a spoon and, and, and put it in your heart and twisted it. It's gut-wrenching to hear those words. So we have different categories of parents. We have those who who say, okay, this is what the diagnosis is. What do I need to do? There's another category who might say, no, you're telling me lies. Mm -hmm. This isn't true. And we we have, as, as healthcare professionals and as a social persons such as yourself, those in the social arena, providing social care, we have to be very careful, I believe, with the, the, those persons who have a strong faith where we have to strike that balance between the practical side of things and the spiritual side of things. Mm -hmm. Because very often there are persons who say, well, my child is going to be healed and they opt not to treat the child with medication. And sometimes it's not necessarily only healing, but there are persons who think that the medications that are prescribed by Western medicine, they're not good, they're more harmful than they are good, and then they opt not to treat the child. So it's a very delicate balance. And then there is another category that just flat out refuses to believe that there's anything wrong, wrong with their child. Mm -hmm. I think with good communication that most parents can come around, communication and support. It's hard to, to watch your child suffer. It's hard to watch children endure what some adults cannot endure. And I think it's very brave of these young boys and, and girls and uh, they're again like how they're different parents mm -hmm. the ones who adjust well there are children who adjust well and then there aren't th there's another set that that don't adjust well at all exactly so so what are some of the tips because I mentioned mentioned um, in our parenting class last Saturday where, we, where this first came up where you you mentioned to some parents you know what what they what they can do to, to begin to deal with this situation. I think one of the things the parent, one of the parents there said, the first thing is accepting. Mm -hmm. Acceptance doesn't mean that the news you've been told is the be all and end all, that there is no hope. Acceptance is not equivalent to the end of hope. Mm -hmm. 
Acceptance, I believe, brings with it an understanding that more needs to be done. And when you when you accept, when you say that this is what it is, then the next step is what, what? do I do? Where do I go from here? Where are my sources of help and support? I had mentioned to the parents in that class something that I am very, very convinced of, which is you need to become the expert on your child's illness. If your child has sickle cell disease, for example, I just use that one as an example, mm -hmm. you need to understand as the parent, as the primary caregiver, if both parents are not in the home, and all the other family members who are associated with that child, they need to understand the underlying problem with sickle cell disease, what happens. Why do these things happen? What are the triggers for making the illness worse? How does a child get better? What do I do in an emergency situation? And very often in our country, it's 511. Yes. We call an ambulance, and if there's none available, you get the child to the hospital as quickly as possible. And apart from becoming the expert in that illness, the next thing is that you become that child's champion. Very often we see children as incapable, that they're unable to do certain things. But age-appropriate conversations with a child will allow this child to understand that these are things that I can have responsibility for, which I can have responsibility. Mm -hmm. For example, let's take asthma. A child who is three years old can say to you, it's time for my medication. And with the appropriate support, in the case of asthma, a spacer, this child can give him or herself their medication at the appropriate times. So we allow the children to get involved in their illnesses and you become their champion. You, you let them know this is your lot in life. This has happened to you. It's nothing that you did. And for parents, mm -hmm. this is nothing that you did. I mean, in some cases, if you drank alcohol and so on all throughout your pregnancy and oh, there's some yes, challenges obviously. as a result of that, well, yes, yes. But even even in that case, you still don't give up. You still don't say, well, this is because of me and there's nothing you can do. No, there's always something that you can, you do. can do, even mm -hmm. if it's just hope. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so apart from becoming the child's champion, apart from never giving up, I, I don't know how many times I can say that you never give up. You look for information on the child's illness. I remember speaking with a, a patient. She, her, her son has died now. He had a very rare illness. It looked similar to cerebral palsy. And very often she would have to educate the doctors on the child's wow. illness because it was so rare mm -hmm. that many doctors uh, with whom she came into contact had never seen it, never knew about it. So she learned all she could from overseas, from being treated overseas and so on. And she was able to help others to treat her child the way he needed to be treated. Mm -hmm. So champion support never giving up i think those are the primary things but knowing i maybe maybe not even the doctor should know as much as you do right. about your child's illness and the other thing is even although you have the same diagnosis as another child your symptoms might not be the same okay. so you still must be the expert about your child i've i've made a remark that if your child for example is one who likes to eat and you recognize that this child is not eating as in the case of one of my children mm -hmm. straight to accident and emergency i am going and mm -hmm. that has served me well because she was recently ill and i realized she didn't eat breakfast and lo and behold she was ill okay so you must know your child definitely definitely speaking of knowing your child um i know you 
not only a doctor, obviously a mother <laughs> as well, and you yourself has been has had to deal with uh, um, a, a very sick child. And I, I can't imagine just thinking about it. How, how do you deal with being a doctor and having a child that is ill as well? I, I really can't wrap my head around it. But j just give us an idea because we're talking about dealing with, with and it's not like having a real life experience. <laughs> Admittedly, it's an experience I would prefer not to have. Uh, exactly. But as I said before, it is our lot. This is the path that has been chosen for us to walk. The complete reason, I still am not sure. But when our son was about six months, uh, we received the news that he had a chronic life-threatening illness and it was near Christmas of that year. I can see myself now standing on the pediatric ward just looking through the the window just trying to process what the doctor had just told me confirming what I had suspected ah. and this is what you mentioned about being in that unique, I don't know if it's a good position, but it's a unique position where I, I am a physician yes, as well as a mother. So I just I suspected that that he was ill. And when they confirmed my suspicions, by the time my relatives had seen me later that evening, they said that I looked as though I'd been through the ringer. I'd just been rinsed out. And it has been a challenging journey over the past 10 years. And his treatment involves medication by way of injection. So to give you a real life experience, um, he doesn't like needles. I mean, who he likes does, needles exactly. anyhow? But they think he's developed a fear of needles. Nevertheless, I have to look into his face, watch him crying, begging me not to stick him. But as his mother and as a doctor, I know I must do it. I have to do it. He's a reasonable young man. He's very intelligent. So he understands that this is necessary. But because it's necessary, that doesn't make it any easier to bear. Mm -hmm. And some of the same things that I would have said to other parents about being your child's champion and about knowing more than the doctor and never giving up. These are things that I've had, had to, to live, do for with, myself. So yes. when I say it's not just a glib position, oh, you know, you just need to, you just need to do this. You just need to encourage your child. Mm -hmm. They're real children, and sometimes he just does not feel like taking his medication. But you, you, and because he's intelligent, so let's go through this. If you, you don't take to. your medication, yes. what do you think will happen? We have a discussion. There is still much bargaining and. <laughs> Uh, what I call yes they, he always needs to go to the bathroom when it's time to get his medication the Lord's Prayer has never been so long in <laughs> since since he's diagnosed the Lord's Prayer has gotten the cat the dog everybody, everybody next door has been prayed for and then we could possibly think about think about sticking him mm. it's been rough um, as a parent I wonder why has this happened to us but then you think could have happened to anybody, anybody else. Could have yes. happened to anybody else. Yes. And you just pull up your boots and you press on. Mm -hmm. I know one of the other realities of, um, of having to, to do with having a sick child within the family is that 
getting making sure that as you said everybody understands what is going on and and obviously the immediate because like your son he has a, a, a sister and 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 other children will have you know siblings and and sometimes there's this uh, why mommy got to be always with this and, and and he always getting the attention she's always getting the attention there's a little jealousy there because you know and you understand but still you're a child you know, oh, you, know yes. you want your mommy it is or daddy. it is real it is real and it's something that we as parents need to be conscious of that the other other children may view the attention that they need as more love because mm -hmm. I do remember I can't remember his name now but he always said Joey Harper Harper I think so mm -hmm. um, that love for children is spelled T-I-M-E ah. spending time with children they view as love so those other siblings who are not ill who don't require so much attention view that the other child who needs this attention getting more, is course. getting more love so of you constantly course. have to reassure and the the point you just made about other people being in the household everybody in that household needs to be aware of the diagnosis they need to be aware of the signs of signs and symptoms something of is something wrong. is going wrong mm -hmm. because I might not always be home or daddy might not always be home and they also need to be able age appropriately so to be able to do something even if it's just to call an ambulance or call a next door neighbor or something so it has a lot to do with communication and education as well mm -hmm. i know um in that same point diabetes has been in, in the news a lot recently in terms of other people knowing what to do when somebody is is ill you know you a child is diabetic and, and, and you know blood sugar is low what do, what you, do you do so you really do need to communicate you know uh, with everybody there's also the issue too of 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 mommy and and daddy not being on the same page you know uh, mommy might think mommy wants to be very protective of the child because you know i'm not being a doctor but a normal mommy yes you know and and daddy might say why well, she always you know i mean let daddy child do this let child do that you know what I mean? and i think within reason as well mothers tend to be very nurturing and keeping the children close mm -hmm. and especially those who are ill and then fathers want them to be a little tougher and so on. So you have to strike a balance, I believe. And I, I think it's it has been good for my family where my husband is a little less, I, I would like to say, sheltering. Mm -hmm. So shy of putting him in the hospital himself, he allows our son to to be a little boy, to be a little boy. And I, I think that's good for them. And the other thing I remember from the parenting class is that we should never allow the children to use their chronic illness as an excuse uh. not to achieve. And we're not only talking about achieving academically, but achieving in society. Mm -hmm. Just because you have a chronic illness, you have asthma, you have diabetes, you have sickle cell, hemophilia, whatever oh, you're, it is you're in you a have. Wheelchair. In a wheelchair. Yes. That does not mean that you should not reach your greatest potential. And everybody's mm -hmm. potential is different. Yes. But we should encourage our children to be the best that they can be. Illness should not hold you back within reason. Of course. Uh, because recently our son was in hospital, so he had to miss his... Um, promotion exams and so on so we understand that there are going to be times yes. and, and perhaps there might be a protracted illness and you're absent for a term you might have to stay back a year but that does not mean you're an underachiever at all definitely definitely now there's also the question that's a lot of parents you know in in obviously you know wanting to be there for the child as much as possible they, they neglect themselves as well and and the question is how do you find time for yourself even when you are dealing with a sick child because you also have other siblings in the house that need to be taken care of you're at work you know what i mean but there's also you and if you break down then you can't help anyone that's true i don't think that we find time we have to make time yes 
And we need to understand that in order to be the best you can be for your child, you need to be the best version of yourself. And sometimes it means leaving the child at home with the other parent or leaving them by your grandmother or other extended relative and going out with your friends for a while. It might mean that sometimes, <laughs> sometimes in my house I say, do not call me <laughs> unless somebody is about to bleed out mm-hmm. or the house is on fire. Don't call me. <laughs> right. You have to make that time. Otherwise, you'll go mad. Definitely. And you need to have that social support. This is not the time for you to be, you know, hiding up and saying oh, everything is OK. And that, was, that was my next question. You know, how can, can fr- friends and family support? You know, yeah, um, once once they're aware, once they're capable of managing your child, whatever the illness might be, mm-hmm. then you need to let other people help you. And there's nothing wrong with saying that I, I think I'm, I'm at my wits end. No, I just need some time. Yes. We need that respite as caregivers. Otherwise, we find ourselves uh, gone and everybody else is still there. Definitely. I, and I think during during this pandemic, we have, I hope that a lot of us have, have taken time to reflect on, on our lives and, and, and how things are going with us and, and, and recognize that that our attitude is so very important. You know, it may be it an is. illness, um, a death, whatever. Um, and we're not saying that you're not going to be in pain, you're not going to hurt, you're not going to feel it. Yeah, you're human. Um, you're human, exactly. Um, but we have to find some way to, to, to you know, if you're, if you're a Christian, you know the Lord, to reach out to him, reach out to, to other persons who can help encourage you and strengthen you. Yes. Because we need that. We need definitely need that village. Yeah, we are not meant, no man is an island. That's so profound. It's mm-hmm. simple, but it's so profound. And I think that what we really need to do is understand that help is available. Sometimes you just need to ask for it. And once you recognize that not everybody is just about knowing what your business is and so on and so forth, but they're they genuinely want to help you. You accept the help and you press right on. Definitely, definitely. Dr. Voice, our, our time is up and we're about to go, but I just, if there's one other thing that you just want to leave with the audience with regards to dealing when it comes to, you know, a, a child who is, is sick and how do you, how do you begin to, to, to help yourself and help that child? I think don't ever give up sums everything up. Because if you are a Christian, then not giving up means calling on God. If you are into knowing what, how to manage a child's illness by getting information, then you don't ever give up Mm -hmm. on that. If it means getting help, then you don't give up on getting help. I think the last thing I could say is don't ever give up. And then when you see that child as an adult or when you see them walking across the stage at graduation, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you recognize that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness me. Or when you hear them laughing in the house. Yes. And then you think that I would never, this is never going to happen or I would never have made it to this, to To this this point. point. And look at, look at the child. Look at this. So don't, don't ever give up. Definitely. Definitely. I wish you all the best not Thank only you. your your practice but with your family as well as you continue to to fight the good fight we all have to yes we do Def- thank you for having me no problem at all thank you and you'll be back again of course <laughs> definitely we hope that as you listened to this broadcast you have benefited in some way and feel motivated to apply the information to your parenting experience Once again, we at Paradise thank you for listening to Pause for Parenting. Remember, parenting is all-encompassing. Parents are their children's first and foremost teachers, guidance counselors, and nurturers. You are responsible for guiding and nurturing all aspects of your child's development 
including their cognitive and educational development, as well as their social skills and emotional thinking. I leave you with these words of encouragement. Children are a gift from the Lord, a heritage and a reward, and are not to be seen as burdens. So train your child in the way that he or she should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I wish you a blessed and productive week ahead. Music